everybody. Hello, hello. My name is Micah McCaw. My name's Jordan McCaw. And together we created this podcast. That it's, exists. It's our, it's our brainchild. Prove people wrong. When they say. Sequels are never. Better. Than. Their. The. Than their originals. You have never said it like what? that before. Sequels are never better than the originals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got confused because of how we uh, broke that up. Um, but, but you you know, if you're a loyal listener, you're probably uh, rubbing your eyes, refreshing your feed, <laughs> and, and doing a double take and looking at your, at your phone going, what in the world? This is not a movie. They only cover movies. But no, your eyes do not deceive you. This is the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. And we're not just doing it because we like Lord of the Rings. This was released in some theaters throughout the U.S. The it first was. two eps. The first two episodes. Giving it a technical theatrical release. So uh-huh. we thought, what the heck? Let's just cover it. Yeah, and it gives us a chance to talk not only about Lord of the Rings, but the landscape of box office and the landscape of streaming. Oh. Which I'm excited to dive we, into with you. This is an essay. There, there will be a bit of an essay element to this, yes. Um, but this is wild. The, the, the two episodes are out. Now, we're not going to continue to cover it. We just are do- This is a little bonus episode, because in the past, we have covered the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy. Mm-hmm. And like you pointed out, it did have a very select, small theatrical release, and we thought it'd be fun to cover. So, with all of that, I think... I think we can start talking, right? I think so. So, do you do you have any well, they announced this show quite a few years ago. What was your reaction to this? As well, and to remind people, I'm sorry, uh real quick, the Hobbit movies we think are very bad. So that's where we've been at, but the Lord of the Rings movies are incredible. The uh-huh. best, the yeah. best. So, yeah, a little please. review on that. Yeah. Oh, I was scared. Yeah. When I found out they were making a show Mm-hmm. That's the word. That's the word. Scared, afraid. Well, uh, yes. So I was also scared because the the way they treated backstory type stuff and the additional materials in the Hobbit was what I didn't like about those movies. You know, adding the Azog orc and this whole build of Sauron, Sauron didn't work for me. But then finding out that the show would take place in the Second Age. Yeah, thousands of years. Thousands before. of years before. I thought, okay, that is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Either do it before, like significantly before, significantly after. Yeah. Right. We've we've advocated for if you're going to make a prequel, make it thousands or hundreds of years earlier, like Ongbok Two. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was apprehensive, and then you're hearing like, oh, they're spending a ton of money on this, which is kind of like, okay, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then it's also like at what cost, not literally, but kind of. Yeah. And then, and then we had heard this rumor that there was going to be nudity in the show. Yeah. Which felt very like that does not feel in the spirit of Tolkien. Even when I heard it, it's like the Tolkien estate would not let that happen. Yeah. Like the, this should be family friendly. It always has been. Yeah. It shouldn't change and it shouldn't try to be Game of Thrones. Well, that's what I, when I first heard that, it's like, oh, okay. So they're, why don't they just make another Game of Thrones thing? Which, funny Which enough, they have. <laughs> there are two episodes of that show. If you're out a fantasy now. fan currently living 
in this time, you are probably just so excited by how <laughs> yeah. much content you're getting because you have this, you have the new Game of Thrones show, and then you, which apparently is doing well. Yeah. And then you have Sandman. Yeah. Which we are going to talk about. I have some yeah. notes on some stuff with that. So anyway, kind of wild. And then as we're getting closer, I'm like, I think I'm kind of excited. And then when they said they were putting it in theaters for a select group of audiences, I was like, that's kind of a big move. It takes some huspa. Yeah. So I thought. I didn't say that right. I thought, now I'm into it. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll save my opinion on the two episodes until we go through some of the notes on how it was made. How does that sound, Jordan? Cool. Uh, so here we go. In two, so Christopher Tolkien is J.R.R. Tolkien's son, and he has been incredibly protective of the rights regarding Lord of the Rings. Now, in case you in case you don't know, you probably do, but Lord of the Rings is you know it's the fantasy series, and I mean there are literal scholars. They they study, you know. Well, I take a, several college you courses can. on Middle Earth history. Yeah. The Lord of the, the, the Lord of the Rings story. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So, so this is taken incredibly seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and he was, he, uh, really did, was, was protective of the rights. And then in 2017, he was retiring. And Christopher so, Tolkien. Yes. So then the, the Tolkien estate put the rights to, the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and the appendices that are in those uh, for sale, like the rights to use them. Um, and the starting price was $200 million. Okay. Which is... What was Star Wars? Do you remember? Uh, well, Star Wars was like buying the whole company yeah, and true. all of that's that true. stuff. That's, that's, that's different. That was several billion dollars. Yeah. But, yeah. but this is $200 million for the rights to just like do anything. And, and technically... Uh, this is, this is not on like a very technical level. It's not technically connected to Peter Jackson's movies because legally they're not allowed to. Oh, cause it's just different studios. Yeah. Oh. And, and I think that's some stipulation with the Tolkien estate, hmm. but the, all the creators are like, well, we, we do want it to it's look st- like that world and feel so, like that world. It also like the story takes place so far in the past that they don't even have to really think about it. Yeah. But even still, you know, like when when you're in the elven realms, like it looks like how they were designed in the movies, yeah. and yeah, and the I mean, it would music be, is it reminiscent would be ridiculous of it. Ridiculous if they didn't. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Um. So they sell their their like starting price two hundred million dollars, and uh, Amazon buys it for two hundred and fifty million dollars. That's the rights. So before they have put pen to paper, they are out two hundred fifty million dollars. But now they have the rights to the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Now, what is weird, and I don't know how much people find this interesting, I find it very interesting, is they can only make stuff in the show that is either referenced, like, like they can't adapt the Silmarillion, because they don't have the rights to the Silmarillion. Oh. They have the rights to the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and the appendices at the oh, so end of the version of the original? This is an original story, yes. Like, they made it up. They made up the I story, mean. yeah. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yes, this is not... I mean, there's elements, mm-hmm. but it is it is not like someone who's read all of this stuff is like, oh, Galadriel's going to do this, and this person's uh-huh. going to do this, because we don't know. Uh-huh. But Interesting. But it, it's going through, like, I mean, all this stuff has to be, like, passed by the Tolkien estate. They have scholars on set 
that are saying, you know, do this. No, that would never happen. You can't have that person do this. And, and one thing I found interesting, because watching these two episodes, especially the first one, the whole time, I'm not, I, well, I will say, I was enjoying it, but there's a part of me that's, like, so nervous that you almost can't enjoy it the first time because oh. you're like, oh, they're yeah. going to mess up. They're going to mess up. Like, every scene, you're just thinking. Well, because, and I'm sure it's the same for you with that feeling. It's like, it's not just something that I love so much. It, like, is my childhood. Yeah, so yeah. I know I know I'm putting so much pressure on it. Yeah. But I also, I can't not put so much pressure on it. It's like when the new Star Wars movies came out. that You're, you're, you're jeopardizing people's childhoods. Yeah. If you get it wrong, which the curse of that is you can barely get it right. Yeah. Because it's someone's childhood. Exactly. But um, so all, all of that to say the estate, one of the things they stipulated when they were telling them that they want to make the show that takes place in the second age is they're not allowed to use hobbits mm-hmm. from Lord of the Rings. So Bilbo is not going to show up in this series. He also isn't alive. I, I know, but, but yeah. But like as I'm watching the show, I'm I'm going, you know, are they going to do some of that stupid stuff that like Fantastic Beast does? Oh yeah. That doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Another thing is um there's no they can't have wizards in it because wizards were dispatched in the third age. Of Lord of the Rings. What do you mean dispatched? What do you mean by that? Well, I, I was doing a little research about Gandalf because that stranger man, he he seemed like Gandalf, and I thought, oh, this is Gandalf, and I thought that makes sense, but but Gandalf was, and I'm gonna get this wrong. Please don't text me corrections on this, please. Uh, but we he, are not Lord of the Rings scholars, and probably neither are you. So just let's all have fun with it. <laughs> but but Gandalf was some sort of you know like being or something. And then the Silmarils, or someone like, sent them, sent him and and four other wizards. So that'd be Radagast, Sauron, and two others that I don't know. Oh, to Middle Earth a- as part of like helping with the the rise of Sauron. Yeah. So he he's not even in Middle Earth in the Second Age. Yeah. But he does have a different name. It's like o- Ori something. So I do Gandalf wonder. Gandalf does or this man? Gandalf. Okay. So it does make me wonder, like, maybe he is what will become Gandalf. Interesting. But he will not be Gandalf in this show. Interesting, yeah. He would be, like, that version of him pre-wizard. Yeah. So, according to what I read, I mean... That's interesting. Who knows? Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but that is what it was. Uh, oh, yeah, his name is Aloran. It was his uh, name before that. So, um, and so they, yeah, they have the rights to those... We don't have the rights to Silmarillion, Unfinished Tales, The History of Middle-Earth. Um, there's a version of, of everything we need for the Second Age in the books we have r- the rights to. As long as we're painting with those lines and not egregiously contradicting something we don't have the rights to, there's a lot of leeway and room to dramatize and tell some of the best stories that Tolkien ever came up with. Cool. Cool. That, that's where we're at. Um, now, Amazon, there, there's, a, there's a ton of stuff we're talking about budget-wise. But but there's not like an official statement of how much money they have spent that I could find. There's a lot of we're guessing and we're pretty sure, but they haven't like released that information. Um, but uh, on top of the money for the rights, uh, the government of New Zealand has placed production expenditures at four hundred and sixty-two million for the first season alone. How is that sustainable? So what we're looking at is approximately good for New Zealand. Yeah. Approximately the budget of each episode 
is $58.1 million, making it by far the most expensive show ever made. And, and they have, uh, they're going to make five seasons. They've said that? Yeah, so they, they're trying to do five seasons, 50 hours. I guess hours. they should have it pretty planned out. Well, and the creator said they know what the last shot of the show is. Cool, cool. So it's pretty planned out. Um, and I did find an interview where someone was asking the showrunners about sex and violence uh-huh. in the show. And they said, which is great. They said that they want 11, 12, and 13-year-olds to watch it, but maybe have to put the blanket over their eyes, a, a couple of scary parts. I would agree with that just in the first, the first two episodes. It is definitely, I think, more violent than the movies, I think. Okay. There's just more blood, I, I think, and like actually seeing how a sword is like, like oh, going like that through, jaw on that yeah, ice going troll. through that. Like it's it's kind of gnarly, but I think it's fine. Yeah, but those those other movies are they are kind of gnarly too. No, they they are. It's they Peter are. Jackson. You yeah, know? he's good. No, they're, I mean, they're definitely violent. It's war. Yeah, but I I, I liked I liked reading that because it's like okay, they get it. Yeah. Um. And they didn't want to do like a side thing or a spinoff or an origin story. They wanted to do a huge Tolkien mega epic and Amazon agreed. Because uh, yeah. th- what I forgot to mention is that the two guys who are running the show, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, don't have any credits on IMDb, folks. This is their first credit. And Amazon... They have hit a jackpot bigger than anyone has ever hit before. <laughs> <laughs> and they've done a lot of un- un- uncredited work on yeah. scripts. But they were like, Amazon asked everybody for pitches on the show. And this this gives me even more hope for the show because they chose these two guys who don't have the credentials. And they said, we like your pitch the best. You're, you have the best pitch. And so they got it. And they got the job, and now they're showrunners. That is so wild. That yeah. is inspiring. <laughs> it is. It is. It's pretty – it's insane. It's truly, truly insane that these guys have this. And it and it really feels like, because I was reading, you know, articles about them, it seems like they really understand and are trying to do what should be done. Yeah. With with something of this scale and that people hold this closely. You know how old they are, out of curiosity? Okay. Um, another thing to note is Jeff Bezos is obsessed with Lord of the Rings. So yeah. I think there was... It was maybe easier to get the show going because if of that. He had any. I mean, if he's a huge fan and he really wanted, like, this became a a possibility. He is. Pro- he's probably telling people, like, guys, there is actually no dollar limit. Get me the. <laughs> right, right, get me right. Lord of the Rings. Probably. I mean, by by that, um, and I am in no way tooting Bezos' horn. Okay, but I mean, by the logic and knowing that he like as obsessed with Lord of the Rings, he probably is like, I'm going to put as much money into this because I would like to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess that's cool. Um, so they went back and forth with Peter Jackson on maybe doing something on this. And then, um, and then he's like, no, I want to do the Beatles thing. <sighs> I just want to make documentaries. Love it. Uh, but yeah, it just didn't really work out. And they, they, uh, they, Amazon said, in pursuing the rights for our show, we were obligated to keep the series distinct and separate from the films, like I already mentioned. We have the utmost respect for Peter Jackson, the Lord of the Rings film, and are thrilled that he's looking forward to watching uh, The Rings of Power. But I believe the Tolkien estate didn't really want him involved as well. So there was that pressure. I would guess so. I mean, that was a, a terrible production. A big dud. Yeah. 
Uh, Not they, necessarily because of Peter Jackson. I mean, they were like, give us movies more and more and more yeah. and more. And he's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See our series on that yeah. from a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. Oof. Never want to watch those again. No. <laughs> uh, so the production's made in New Zealand. Um, and because if it wasn't made in New Zealand, I think people also would be pissed. Well, there's more. Okay. So uh, season two is going to be in the United Kingdom. So people are pissed. I don't think so. But it would it it cost them so much money to make it in New oh, Zealand. I'm sure, I'm sure. And it'll be so much cheaper if they move it to the UK. Yeah. And something that's also fueling it is because it was in New Zealand and they started production before the pandemic hit, actors and crew members were stuck there and could not see their family for over two years. Gosh. A lot of them. Yeah. And so I think they were like, let's just move it to the UK so people can like around their family and we don't make this like hard on everybody yeah which i think is a good move um now there's something that you probably have not known about but there is people are review bombing this show right now what does that mean so this is trolls and online not so great people who are just going on to any service and just rating it like one and saying it's the worst thing in the world okay so not only does Star Wars and Marvel and DC have the worst fan bases, Lord of the Rings does yeah. too. And one of the major complaints for people is that they don't like when they see people of color in roles. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm saying it that way because that's a stupid complaint. It's yeah. very stupid. Yeah. If it you is. think that, stop thinking that. It's dumb. Yeah. They should be in so all you these don't, roles. You don't deserve this. So just don't yeah. watch it. Don't watch the show. If you're racist, you don't have to watch the show. You know? So, uh, anyway, so there's all these people who are just like, this is terrible, and I don't like it, basically, because there's a black elf. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, if you don't like the show for other reasons, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it does kind of stink when something like this happens. Like, I think about the Harley Quinn movie. I hated that movie. It had nothing to do with the fact that it's a female-led superhero movie. Yeah. I thought it was a bad movie. Yeah. I love Margot Robbie. That's not the problem. But but then, you know, you risk getting lumped into like, oh, you're those toxic people that don't like women to lead movies. And it's like, no, I just didn't like the movie. Yeah. So if you don't like this show, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're racist yeah. <laughs> or anything like that. But so Amazon has, at least for the weekend, made it so that you can't rate the show on Amazon. Really? Yeah. And it's weird because right now there's a similar thing happen happening with She-Hulk where people are just like saying it's a one out of ten and saying it's the worst thing in the world. And again, there's valid reasons not to like the show, but it's a girl, so we don't like it. You know, that's that's what a lot of people's opinions are, which is sad. It's sad. It's dumb. Yeah. Don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Don't even want to put energy into it. And that's probably a better better thing to do. Um, but yeah, so these first two episodes were directed by J.A. Boyana, who we have talked about, who directed Fallen Kingdom, a movie I hate. Mm -hmm. Complete redemption. He did a fantastic job on these two episodes. Mm -hmm. He can direct. He's a good director. I'll go that far. Um, the first episode's written by the creators. The second one is written by... Uh, Je Jennifer Hutchison, who has written several episodes of Breaking Bad and several episodes of Better Call Saul. We're familiar. Yeah. Cinematography is by Oscar Faura, who 
did Fallen Kingdom, so we've talked about him. Howard Shore made the theme of the show, and then Bear McCreary composed the show. And that's what I have for notes. We haven't talked about the streaming and box office, but let's have some change of voice here. Okay, so uh, what's some, something that's fun about the show is it's just all these new faces. Love, yeah. Um, so Morphid Clark plays um, Gladriel. Her name is Morphid? Yeah, look how it's spelled. She's Swedish. That it's cool. is a cool name. Um, she is in St. Maud, Pride and Prejudice, and Zombies, Crawl. <laughs> so she's been in a lot of things. Okay. Nothing that we I've got to watch Crawl. I've been wanting to see that movie. Yeah. It looks so good. Um, Markella Cavanaugh plays Nori. Um, Which one was Nori? The Not Hobbit. Okay. Um, she is in My First Summer, um, Picnic at Hanging Rock, Romper Stomper. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and she's been in a lot too. Just nothing I've, again, nothing I've seen personally. So maybe for a lot of people, these aren't new faces, but for me, it is. Yeah, but even still, I mean, what what you're mentioning, at least with those two, it, it's not like you're mentioning people who have are like stars of yeah, like no, a hit I, show yeah. or a hit movie. They're True. probably in a scene or two. Yeah. Or like the best friend in a movie or something. Robert Arameo plays Elrond, and he is somehow, that I know of, not related to Neil Patrick Harris, which is... Wild to me. That is just <laughs> wild. Um, this is also one of those. <laughs> oh, he's in The Empty Man, so I've seen him in something. Okay, cool. Um, he's also in Antebellum, that, that Nocturnal Animals. Anything We've in seen him. him in that. Okay. Um, The King's Man. Yeah, again. Okay, he's that's a pretty healthy string of hits. Yeah, he was born in 1992. That's just weird these days. We're getting old enough that. That, or either older or basically the same age as people. Yeah, that's that's something that I've been grappling with. And then Ismael Cruz Cordova plays um, Arundir the elf. Okay. Um, he is in In the Blood, Mary Queen of Scots, Miss Bala, The Catch, Settlers, The Undoing. He's in Mandalorian. He plays is it Q I N Kin. Okay. Do you, do you recognize? I him? don't. I don't remember that. Okay. Um, so. Mike Combs is screaming at his phone right now. <laughs> I, I actually, I don't know how many people to do because there are so many. I think that's a good. I want to try and find the dwarf. Oh, Durin? Durin, that's his name. Durin is played by Owain. Oh, wait a second. There's two of them. Oh, he's probably the fourth. Owain Arthur plays Durin, the dwarf. Um, he is in the palace, the patrol, the one and only Ivan, London Kills. A confession. So though there are so many other yeah. big characters, but let's just let's just be content with that. I mean, I think you hit like the main characters, which is what we normally do on the show. Yeah. Um, did you do you remember who Durin is in relationship to like Gimli and stuff like that? I don't, but the name is definitely familiar to me. I feel like he's like before Thorin or something like that. But that but I don't think dwarves have lived that long. Yeah. It but I do think that from what I've gathered, uh-huh. uh and I am no expert, like I I I get the impression that dwarves don't live as long as other creatures in Middle yeah. Earth, but their lineages are very strong. Okay. For like 
centuries yeah. of lineages that you yeah. can easily trace back. Okay. That's how it feels to me. Yeah. Pretty much actually every creature in this world kind of feels that way. But because at one point. Right, totally. I, the Except sec- the men. The men fall apart, which is the whole Yes, that's the whole thing. thing. Yeah. And then. I the, like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the, yeah, because in the second episode, because he's mad at Elrond because they haven't seen each other for 20 years. To him, that's a big deal because that's a long time. Oh, right. But I still get the impression that he's at least, he's like 70. Yeah, but he's like, like middle age. Maybe he lives like a hundred or two hundred years, but he's not gonna live thousands like the elves. Yeah. I forgot I should talk about Bronwyn, uh played by Nazanin Bon Boniandi, Boniadi, who the blue shirt girl. Yeah. So she's a human. A wo- oh, yes. she's a woman. Uh, <laughs> a human woman. <laughs> she is a human woman. Uh she is in Hotel Mum- Mumbai, counterpart, homeland, how I met your mother. Whoa. Wow. I bet she dated Ned, Ted, Ned, uh, Bombshell, Passengers. She might her. be the most famous of the people. I know. Her and Elrond. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think it, it's cool, for, for me at least, like, it was fun because I didn't recognize anyone in the show, which uh, uh, just felt similar to how the Lord of the Rings were. I, I know, like, Ian McKellen was famous. Elijah Wood was famous. When we were Sean, kid, we didn't know that. Sean actually, Astin was... I probably knew Sean Astin more than anyone. Actually, they were all pretty famous because Legolas was famous. But but what I mean is, I didn't know these people yeah, before. I didn't know Because we were pretty young kids, when we saw yeah. it. But Orlando Bloom, I probably knew the best because of Pirates of the Caribbean around the same time. Around-ish, the same yeah, time. Yeah, like the next But Sean Astin, too, because of Goonies. Yeah, so actually, I was going to make and a Rudy. point, but... yeah. But it's just been disproven because I also I think Vigo Mortensen had had a pretty okay career by then. Yeah. Um. So forget it. I I guess they could have done more famous actors if they wanted, but I enjoyed it as a viewer because it felt Me like too. a blank slate. Oh yeah, I love that. And, well, and that's it, that's how it feels with every every good show that you are you hear about. Yeah. Because it's like when I started watching Breaking Bad. Yeah, I knew Brian Cranston. Yeah. He, he's the uh, Malcolm in the Middle guy. Right. But I'd never seen that show. So it's like new to me. And then like watching Sopranos, most yeah. people, it's like, I've never seen this version before. Yeah. And they're perfect. Yeah. Kind of thing. Well, and, and, um, and it feels like they're all in a nice place in their career where they've done stuff. So they're like pros, like yeah. they know how to yeah. act and stuff, but, but this will probably be what kind of defines their mm-hmm. career, at least for this phase. And then I wonder how many of them on. have uh, um, auditioned for Marvel movies. Yeah, <laughs> probably. They don't need to do that now. Don't uh, sell their souls to that. Well, they probably literally would not have the time to do it I for know. the next like seven years or however long it takes for them to make the rest of this show. Yeah. Because it's going to take a while. Yeah. He's right here. thought I heard something else. I thought his tail hit my guitar, but it didn't. Anyway, so can I, can I talk to you about streaming and box office? Yeah. Um, so... I'm I'm I gotta paint a picture here because I think this is important. Pandemic hits, and we've had this rise of streaming giants, Netflix being the big one. I feel like before the pandemic hit, it was the kind of thing where you'd say, Hey, this show or this movie's out, it's really cool, and someone would be like, Is it on Netflix? You say no, and they go, Okay, I'm not gonna watch it, basically. <laughs> and you have these streaming giants, you got Hulu, you got all this stuff. And then pandemic hits, and and it felt like, okay, theaters are going to go under. 
and this is going to be the new way. Like, this is how it is. And you have a lot of investment in shows like Stranger Things where you're, you know, 10, 20. I think the last season was like 30 million an episode. Whoa, really? Yeah. Well, actually, I have the note right here. Um, Yeah, 30 million an episode. That explains why the effects look better that season. And why the episodes are so long, I think. Oh. Yeah, because it's like, well, we better get our money's worth. So, it's just too much. It's too much. I know everyone's like yeah. so famous now that you have like th- they are worth more. Well, it's now. like that's like three hundred and sixty million dollars for that season. Come on, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. So, but you sit there and you go, okay, pandemic hits, theaters are out, like box office may never recover. I I feel like there was a moment for me where I was like, are we ever like, are are theaters gonna be out here soon? Because then you have Disney Plus and they're they're like taking their you know, marquee series and they're kind of turning them into TV shows and they're still doing that. Like this year, I there this year, it looks like they kind of went like, well, we could just put star Wars on streaming and kind of devalue it. And I'm not even talking about the quality of the shows. I'm just saying like, it does subconsciously kind of devalue stuff. Quantity over quality. Yeah. And they're doing that with Marvel, which to varying degrees, I've enjoyed a lot of that actually. Yeah. yeah. And they're, you know, that's kind she of Hulk how comic rocks. books are. She-Hulk is really fun. I like it it's, a lot. It's probably my favorite one. <laughs> so far, it is. I, the third episode, I was a little lukewarm, but it was still fun. It was fun. Yeah. And I love that they're 30 minutes. I know. I know. And now I've been reading her comics, and I, I guess I'm a She-Hulk fan because her comics awesome. are awesome. But, um, I mean, the effects are pretty bad in that show. But what are you going to do? I know. She looks like Fiona from Shrek, but it, it's still I just turn fun, that off. I turn fun. it off when yeah. we do it. But, um, yeah, so then theaters will start opening again, and a miracle movie called Top Gun Maverick comes out this year and makes so much money that it is in the top 10 highest domestic grossing movies of all time. And box office now is healthier than it was in 2019 before the pandemic hit. Yeah. Which is crazy. Now, currently in this very moment, the box office is kind of weak, but the problem is that studios aren't putting enough content into the theater. Yeah. And so they're doing things like putting Prey directly to Hulu when it could have probably made $100 million. The budget was probably so low in that movie. They would have made so much money. They would have made money. Yeah. Um, And although the last one bombed, so it kind of makes sense. to The last what? The last Predator movie did what, really bad in theaters. Uh, like, like a while 2018, ago. maybe. Okay. okay. But... There's just not enough product in the theaters right now, but people want to go to the theaters. And you have hits like Elvis, which is not Marvel. You have Where the Crawdads Sing, which is not Marvel. Lost City, Bullet Train. Like, you have all these, nope, all these things that are doing really well that are not even franchises. So it feels like there's hope. And then at the same time, we're seeing that companies like Netflix is like in dire straits. They are, they are... They've been talking about adding ads to their service, charging if you share your account, which they've always encouraged. Um, Do we share your account? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, they have? I'm pretty sure. Oh. Now I'm doubting it. Pretty but pretty dumb. I'm, well, I think they were just like, you know, it, it's good because it's like the more people see Netflix, the more sure. they okay. depend yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, and and then, so you have all this happening. And And... And then you're making these shows that are several hundreds of million dollars to make a season. And and you're sitting there and it's like, like I was watching these episodes and I was going, 
this is cool and I really like this, but why would you not, on a totally business perspective, make four movies and put them out every other year and then make billions of dollars instead of hopefully getting a few million subscribers that maybe stick around or maybe don't? Because the Netflix model, we're seeing this year, it is collapsing and it's not working. Yeah. What's also interesting, just like because it's, they're spending all this money for the quality, the story, the actors, all this stuff. But people are watching it at home. And most people watch, not most, but too many people have Automotion Plus on and don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And don't know that it's not like it's bad and they don't know how to fix it. Yeah. And not just that, I, I think um, this show ha- hasn't really gotten into it, but there's a, still a whole show left. Uh-huh. But, like, people aren't always watching things with lights off or at night. Yeah. I, I mean, like, Stranger Things, I feel like there were several times where it was so dark. Yeah. And it's like, I, I have to wait until the sun's down to uh-huh. watch this or else I actually can't see the TV. Yeah. See what's happening. So it's like you're spending all this money for a less... In in some ways, a less good to- experience. Yeah, I mean, when we were watching this, I I was I would say I was a little disappointed that I wasn't in the theater because it was so epic, the scope of it. Yeah, I know, me too. And you could tell that they made that with that in mind. And then it's like, but most people are going to watch this on their phone or their laptops, their computers, or like on a plane. Yeah. So it's it's just a weird which is I, time. Well, I I guess it's like. It's just one of those funny things where it's like, if that's what people choose to watch it on, that's their problem. And it's yeah. like, totally, that's their problem. Yeah. But it doesn't, if you're spending that much money though. I know. It doesn't have to be. I know. It's. It's weird. It's, it's really, really wild. And, and, you know, the, the model is starting to collapse. It, it feels to me like it was smarter, but it kind of feels like the movie pass thing where it's like, we just have to get so many subscribers and then you're like, but this isn't sustainable at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, if I remember right, I don't think Netflix has ever been out of debt. Like, yeah. they always have, like, billions of dollars of debt. And then Netflix is try- was trying to do this whole thing where they're like, oh, hey, we're going to make big budget movies with, like, Chris Evans and, and Ryan Reynolds and stuff. So they make these big budget movies, t- like Red Notice, $200 million budget. The Gray Man, $200 million budget. The movies look like ass. And the reason is, this is what I found out. They look like bad TV, made-for-TV movies. And I found out the reason is these actors shine on, and since they're not put into theaters, they don't get points on the back end. So they get paid so much up front. So on the front end, you you put Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and he's not going to get box office? You got to pay that guy That's what's so f- at least 20. Uh-huh. Probably 30 or 40, though. Well, yeah, because he's like the highest paid actor. But yeah. What's funny about it is, like, you know that The Rock is scamming you, right? Right. And he's not. He's like, dude, do it if they're going to pay you that much. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And you get to have a fun time, probably. But, yeah. like, he, it's a it's a scam. You're scamming yeah. yourself. And it, it's it's so silly because then you have, you know, they probably spent, like, $100 million on the actors. And then you have $100 million, which is a mid-budget movie to make, like, an action epic movie that you, that you want to make look as good as something directed by, like, like a James Bond movie or something like that. And it's like, well, you don't have any money left to make it look good. Yeah. So now The Gray Man looks like a washed-out bad movie. Yeah. 
But something that Netflix has gifted us recently yeah. is Sandman. Right. But it's still just as much as Lord of the Rings. It's like, why did you do this? Yeah. You are waste. You are not, not waste. It's not a waste. It's a really good show, but I, it, I love it. It's, it's incredible. Like, I guess if you guys are really bad with your money, at least I get this cool show out of it. But, but you're going to spend $15 million per episode and you, you can't make that money back in a box office way. No. And and that's an interesting one because when they announced that show, you know, you and I were like, I don't understand how they can make that. Yeah. Because the, we've read the graphic novel. Yeah. And, and it's just so vast and it's very strange. Yeah. But so therefore I do actually think a TV show is the best way to do it. It is. Rather than a it movie. Because I don't, I don't even get how you could do a movie. That's why that, that they should have done the Dark Tower show. Because that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. But it, it's like, yeah, okay, so do a show because that makes more sense. But why are you spending this much money? Yeah. On it. That's crazy. Well, and and I wanted to cite a, an example of of this because there was this movie that came out this year called The Black Phone. Yeah. Uh, that we saw and I loved. Scott Derrickson directed. Yeah. Joe Hill, uh, short uh, original or based on Joe Hill story. Yeah. Starring Ethan Hawke. Oh, good. I mean, really, a scary movie though. Yeah. Um. But the budget of that movie was sixteen to eighteen million. Yeah, uh, and you know, in an alternate world, they sell the rights to Hulu and they make like a ten-part miniseries where it's like five million an episode, and then it costs fifty million. But in our world, it came out and it's made one hundred fifty-seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge profit, and and then. Like Nope this year, sixty-eight million budget, one hundred fifty-two million. That I mean, there's like example after example of why box office makes sense. Yeah, I know we're talking about shows, so it's a little different. Yeah, but it's just weird where we're at, and I think this is, I think this year is the breaking point for streaming, where I think shows are either going to start having way less of a budget, or like these companies are going to start going under. Yeah, but I mean, maybe Amazon will be able to do it because. Jeff Bezos is well, a trillionaire. The well of Amazon is 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 bottomless. Yeah. So I mean, I Amazon's not in any danger, even because you had mentioned, and I don't know if you knew this for sure or not, but like, if the Lord of the Rings show doesn't do well, Amazon Prime is kind of like toast. Yeah, they, or they're Amazon Studios like their is kind of entire... toast. But it's also like I don't, I just don't think that's possible yeah. at this point. Yeah. Jeff Bezos went to space. Yeah, he I think can kind of can do save that if it, he wants. do anything he wants. Yeah, it, and if it benefits him, he'll do it. <laughs> right um but yeah and then and then this is my last thing and then we can start talking about the show uh day uh zaleski i think is his name is the new ceo of uh warner brothers and he's been you know like he scrapped the batgirl movie and he's been just like deleting stuff and he he close enough uh, yeah he got rid of a great show and a lot of his moves i don't agree with and i think he's being a little power hungry and crazy but his thing is he's recognizing the change and he is going like, no, we're not going to do day and date stuff. I'm not going to release Batgirl because according to him, he's like, it's not good enough to release. So we're not releasing it. I, we're scrapping it. I don't care. And that was, okay, yeah, go ahead. Go Even ahead. though it was already filmed and stuff. Yeah. But he would rather take the tax credit than yeah. do that. And so he's like, and he has said, like, we're focusing on making theatrical movies. 
So he is understanding the landscape, and he's like, we need to stop making HBO Go or HBO Max our number one priority because that's not the future. Yeah. Box office is still the future. That's what I don't agree with. I hope someone picks up Close Enough. No, Close Enough is so good, and it's sad. Yeah. But it's just interesting. He's recognizing the the, the movie part I think he's recognizing. And it does make me think, because we've talked a lot about Ezra Miller's controversies, mm. Flash is going to be in the theaters, mm. because they're, I don't think they're going to scrap that movie. They, they, they will, got Michael Keaton. Yeah. They can't. Although Michael Keaton was in Batgirl, too. Oh, he, he, he was? He had like a cameo or something. Oh. But he got paid either way, so. I mean, yeah. But yeah, so that's the landscape. I hope that was interesting for you people. You people. You people. So should we talk about this show? Okay. You want to hit me with just your your experience, your your thoughts and opinions on it? Yeah, I'm still in scared mode, but not as scared anymore, any mo. Um, the first episode, I thought it was good, but I also, it, it's definitely slow, but I think it needed to be. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people we got to be introduced to and remember and understand what their motivation, like who they are. Yeah. So I think that they did it well. I just was watching the first episode asking myself why, like, I, I never wanted this. I never asked for this. Uh-huh. And I know it's not about me. They're, they're yeah. making, what I'm not going to get into that. But it's just like, it's kind of like with Fantastic Beast stuff or Star Wars stuff, like stuff that I enjoy. It's like, I didn't, I never wanted this though. Uh-huh. And I, I just don't think I'm the only one who feels that way about, yeah. about content that comes out a long time after the original stuff, which is what people love more. They will always love more than yeah. any new stuff they come out with. Yeah. That being said, I did like it. Uh-huh. And I liked the second episode much more too. Yeah. Cause the ball gets rolling a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I know it's only two episodes. So I think what I'm most scared about is like, can they just continue to do it? Uh-huh. If they have a like planned, like outlined five seasons, that they are confident about that makes me feel better. Yeah. But I, I think I'm also like, I'm going to be spending a lot of time and mental energy on this. Yeah. It better and be I, worth it. And because it's Lord of the Rings, I will probably watch it all. Yeah. But I want to enjoy it all too. So I, I know that I'm putting too much pressure on, on the show. I'm yeah. putting too much pressure on me. I just need to enjoy it. Yeah. I understand that. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I think, um, for me, of course I was nervous, especially that whole first episode. But when that first episode ended, I was like, I think they're going to pull this off. I think I really loved that first episode. And then we watched the second one, and the second one was even better. And I am, I'm fully in the camp that at least this first season, I feel like, is going to be an awesome ride. Yeah. Can we say our first critique now? Yes. This is my first, and I'll admit it. This is really my only critique on the show. I really I loved say, this show. I would say me too. Because other things that I'm like could critique, it's like it's only two episodes. So you gotta let the people like prove themselves. Yeah. But um, while we're watching the first episode, we get to a point where I think we're introduced <laughs> yeah. to the the elf with the long hair, the guy. Yeah. And I just like it hit me. I was like, wait a second, how come this jabroni only gets long hair and none of the other el- men elves do? Yeah. And because from in the movies, which I know, whatever, like the 
all elves have long, luscious locks. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, how come all of these men elves have like modern dudes? Like, yeah. like styled bedhead, like luscious hair, but it's n- n- none of it goes past their neck. Yeah. None it's of them even w- it's a weird choice. Neck. And it's like, I was, I was try- trying to think about it so hard because I was like, like the Elrond does not have long hair. Yeah. But he has been alive for at least hundreds of years, probably thousands. No, thousands. Thousands, yeah, because yeah. Galadriel's been alive for like thousands. And this already. shows thousands before. It is. So it's like, how come, like he's had time to grow the hair. What's going but on? Al- but also the, the funny rebuttal, even though I agree with you, is like, well, we change our hair all the time. So why can't they characters? But but it, but it feels like you know like weird. elves have long beautiful yeah, hair. Yeah, totally. That is probably like they put in the coolest looking uh-huh. braids and everything like this. Dwarves always got really big beards. Yeah. Hobbits always have like beautiful curly little hair. Well, and I think that's another thing. Like, if when we went to the dwarves, if they like didn't have beards or something, that it, would be weird. Well, that would be really weird. But I mean, it, it feels weird that they like only changed one race's like appearance. Yeah, like their their yeah. hair. And I said maybe they don't have the wig budget, and Micah laughs at me every time I say it. But like, I can't understand uh, it, any it, other way no. why they wouldn't do it. Why it wouldn't ha- they it do is, it? It has to be a choice because wigs are not that expensive. And it wouldn't be, these are $58 million episodes. I know, I know. I just don't get why they didn't do it other than like not wanting to work with it. I, I think it, it was a deliberate creative decision. Well, it bothers me. It bothers in, me in too. The first, like, in the first scene of the first episode, so we can get to that. Yeah. It's, well, no, because I, I actually can't remember quite how it starts. But It starts with the boat. Galadriel makes okay, the boat as a child. Yeah. So they're, Galadriel's a child. There are other elven children, and they're just all playing. Galadriel makes a boat, and these kids like sink her little sh- uh, paper boat. That's like turning into a magical Pennywise comes thing. out and kills all the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> but like that happens, and she's really upset, and her brother is talking to her. It's all very beautifully shot. Yeah. Um, her brother is just talking to her about um, the light and the dark. Yeah. Good and bad. And the only thing I can think about is why does he have an undercut? Yeah. Because he had the like shaved sides. sides. He had the like Hawkeye Avengers Endgame. And you can't even tell me it's because he's some kind of warrior because in the movies, all of them had beautiful long hair. Well, and and as we know, this is another joke, even though I agree with you. As we know, trends don't change in thousands of years. I just don't. But uh, trends I'm, I'm is with so, you. Like, I get what you mean about trends. I, I get know, it. I'm with you. But I also just like I don't accept it because we're living in a fictional world. I, I know. I know. But I know it's a it's the most thought out fictional world to ever exist yeah. in our dimension. Yeah. So it's just it's just like it kind of ripped me out of the moment a yeah. little bit. Well, his his hair was just like it, his it was just, the worst. It was just way too modern, and yeah. it, it's very funny to me that anyone chooses to still do that haircut because it's not a bad haircut, but it's one of those things. When I watch something where I go, oh, this is like when we're showing our kids these shows and like Avengers Endgame with Hawkeye's hair and stuff like that, they're going to be like, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, that is so 2000s, like teens and 20s for people to have that dumb haircut. I mean, yeah. Because it's going to be like a mullet is is like the equivalent kind of thing. I mean, not as bad as a mullet. No. (laughs) Give me the undercut any day. But, you know. Yeah. But it was it was so in that scene where where he's talking to Gladriel, her older brother, he's saying all this stuff and it's like poetic and I was kinda like, Okay, you know, I'm nervous. But at the end of the episode, when you heard what he told her, 
it hit me so hard. I was like, this is good. Well, because she she says, um, how do I know which lights to follow? And um, I I think I had to scroll to my notes. Um, Oh, yeah. And then and then he whispers to her and she's like, it's that easy, huh? Well, I know and then that. it goes on, but and then at the say? end of the episode, she's about to go in the Grey Havens, and then she starts swimming away, and then you hear his voice, and he says, uh, sometimes we cannot know until we have touched the darkness. Yeah. And I was like, okay, That's good. I'm pretty much set on this show and in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they do that. Then they have a great sequence where they're showing, like... They're catching you up. Battles, which, you know, it's like, this is... I don't necessarily want this from every series, but Lord of the Rings, I do want them to spend like a half hour talking about the history and being like, there was a war of the, of Morgul or what's his name? Morgul or Morgul. something? And, and they're just going on and on about this. And I'm like, awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> I watched great. that forever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I want Ken Burns to do it. Like a, <laughs> like a, like a middle earth series documentary. <laughs> But it has to have like the American like banjo music. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so there the elves travel to Middle Earth. There's there's some great shots where yeah. like the eagles are fighting. Yeah. And they're getting like wrecked. Yeah. Pretty cool. And you pointed out which may have been intentional, like the eagle like an eagle's like shot down and then you're like, well that's why they didn't fly the ring into and the And if you're tower. listening to this and you're one of those people who says, How come the Eagles just didn't take Frodo to the top of Mount Doom from the beginning? How come that didn't happen? The reason it didn't happen if you've not read the books is because the Eagles were not for any of it. They are sentient creatures among themselves. Yeah. And Gandalf had to like ask them yeah. to do it. And they were not sure if they if that's something they needed to uh, get themselves involved in e- the Eagles are wise beings to unto themselves. Yeah. It was their choice to do it. And if it wasn't their choice to do it, it wasn't. So yeah. Get off on that one. And this is always a good reminder that that is not a plot hole by definition. No, it's when, not when, because of what I just said too. Yes. But even without that, when characters don't decide to do something that you think m- makes more sense, that is not dictionary definition of a plot hole it just means they made different decisions yeah so stop using that as plot holes who's to say that you wouldn't run up a stairs if a guy with a knife is coming after you exactly huh but yeah so like <laughs> the eagles are getting wrecked and i just said like oh this is probably why they didn't want to help out in lord of the rings <laughs> yeah <laughs> they got massacred yeah that's just uh, is actually a really great point um and then like and and i don't know my history on sauron but it it seems like Sauron. You said this is kind of like an apprentice of M- Morgul. That's what it sounded Mor- like. Morgul. I Morgul. think it's Morgul. I feel like what she said was Morgul was like a dark entity, and he and like Sauron was underneath him. Yeah. And I. Th- it sounds like they defeated Morgul. It does. And then Sauron. And then Sauron like, like took it over. Or, but didn't he like go into hiding at that point, well, or did, did they have to fight him? He, well, people. I mean, at that point, people believed that. He was no longer. Yeah. So that's why Galadriel. No one's with Galadriel because no one believes her. Yeah. That she believes it. Um, and already I'm like, how much money have they spent? And we're five minutes into the show. Like this looks incredible. <laughs> I know it looks so good. But sorry, you were saying something else. But that's how it sounded to me. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So I think it's like, and isn't isn't one of the towers called Minas Morgul? Yes. And isn't that isn't that where the they have the Mithril? 
uh, like showdown where the orcs are fighting over the Mithril in Return of the King. Isn't that no? That's no. That's Sirith Ungol. But Minas Morgul is that is is that where um is that where Gollum was tortured? I'm I'm gonna look it up because uh, I would like to know Minas Morgul. It's already like showing like maps and stuff. Oh, that's where the the Tower of Dark Sorcery and the, it the is the green the green thing the green lights. Yeah, by it's Shelob's. Where, it's where the Nazgul come out, and I think that's where Gollum was tortured. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. According to the movie. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, so I think, so there's this huge, huge battle that spanned a long time. A lot of people died. And then it seemed to be that it was over, but it's not completely over. Orcs didn't like, they didn't like to feel the orcs. The orcs just kind of dispersed. Yeah. And they've been throughout time. Like they'll pop up now and get now and again yeah. to cause havoc. And then to which I think like people like Galadriel believes like Sauron still has influence and evil darkness influence. Yeah. But a lot of people are like, no, we, we vanquished him, but it's also like, where's the body kind of thing. Yeah. And through all that, her brother got killed in battle. Yeah. So she's like very motivated to avenge his death, yeah. avenge her people. And um, yeah. by the way, I think she's like, killing it she's so good i think she's awesome she's doing awesome and it feels very much um like there there are moments and shots that she she like totally captures the kate blanchett essence yeah and there there's a couple shots where they did like a close-up where it was just her eyes and i was like i could swear that's kate blanchett oh yeah but but even in her acting and stuff it she yeah, is, she's killing it. But it feels like she's also doing her own thing, mm -hmm. which is great. Well, this is a Galadriel we've never seen. Yeah. Which is interesting um, that, that she is, like, strong-willed. Not that she wasn't yeah. from what we've seen already, but, like, it, from what we've seen, if you'd only seen the movies, she's very just, like, uh, a, a, I don't know, people, like, are, fear her. Like, fear her in, yeah. as, like, a god. Like, you are all-knowing, all beautiful. I can't even like gaze upon you. Yeah. You're that holy and sacred. This is a Gladriel that's very much like I like she doesn't she has not earned that. Yeah. That type of entity. Yet. Yeah. And people don't really believe her a lot of the time. Right. Even her friend Elrond isn't really on her side. Yeah. And she's having to prove this. And and having them both in the series, uh, just like it, it totally works for me. It, yeah. It does. It's not one of those things. Uh, it's not like how come R two D two and C three PO were built by Anakin Skywalker? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh no, they they're eternal beings. And it makes you know, sense. You that know, they've so been here. little about their backstory. Me personally, because I haven't read like yeah, Cimmerillion and stuff. Um, that there is actually a lot of, that they can do mm -hmm. within it. So it's like her being this way, being so motivated to carry on her her brother's purpose, but also like her people's. Yeah. That's cool. And then Elrond is like, he is kind of like political. Yeah. Like diplomatic. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, oh, he's going to like build stuff. Is yeah. He, like, is it going to be like an elven blacksmith? Yeah. That's interesting. I would have never I thought about something like that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, he's building the, they're going to make the rings, right? Okay. Yeah. Because Kella Brimbor made the, the rings of power. That guy. So, 
Yeah, yeah, the oh, guy he apprentices okay. with. So, I mean, you assume that the show's called Rings of Power. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, yeah. I would imagine the show will end with the culmination of getting all of the rings. Yeah, not this season. No, but we'll the end with whole that. show. Yeah, and then it'll be like, let's march to Sauron and destroy him. Yeah, because I think they, if I remember right, they like make the rings so that they can destroy Sauron yes. in his first reign. Yeah, and that's that big battle scene in Fellowship. Yeah, where they're doing it. And I would imagine, yeah, that that's somehow where the series will end. We're gonna have to watch the movies after we finish the sh- any of the sh- any of the seasons, huh? Awesome! Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a great thing. Yeah, <laughs> not a chore for me. No, not a chore for you. No. Uh, but yeah, so they they they're hunting them, um, and they go into this like ice cave, and there's they, an well, they, ice troll. They do the classic, which I think is kind of a Peter Jackson thing, uh, where they they're doing the big like drone shots helicopter shots helicopter yeah. shots of just like the most interesting landscapes you've ever seen even though it's just like a commercial for new zealand <laughs> yeah, yeah. and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just so beautiful and then yeah they're like scaling a cliff and they they find well very early on you discover that her party are like it's time to go home this we finished this a long time ago yeah we and need to stop like, pursuing this. no we got to find whatever the tower they go to yeah and they find it and it's abandoned and a snow troll's living in it that they kill. And when they, she, so she's cool. She's yeah. like single-handedly like killing this ice troll. And then she cuts its jaw and it looks up and its jaw is split in half as it's like looking up and then she cuts off its head. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm, okay, you're winning me over, show. Pretty cool. And then she finds like a seagull, a seagull uh, of, of, um, of Sauron. Yeah. Now, I I thought it was cool that that it kind of has the same effect of his eye with the the ring we'll have later where it's like when people see it and touch it it kind of like Oh, yeah. And then yeah. it it also kind of looked like the eye, but it also kind of looked like his mask that he has. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. But it it what was again, the thing it that doesn't feel derivative. When they discover that spot cuz there's like a it looks like an orc, like a the corpse of an orc in a wall. Yeah. Or maybe, because I think they were saying, alluding to this is where they experiment the evil, almost. Is how, I what think I, I, like. I don't remember that part. It was cool, whatever it was. Maybe they were trying to make Yurikai or something. Yeah. Like experimenting their limits. Pretty cool. Yeah. This is a good show, people. Don't review bomb this. It, we're, we're actually, I'm feeling like we're lucky to have this show. Um, so yeah, her, her crew like abandons her, uh, she's forced to turn back and they, they turn back and then, um, and then we meet, which I didn't know this was going to happen. We meet the Harfoots, Mm -hmm. which are pre hobbits, H-A-R-F-O-O-T-S, Harfoots. And these are like the, they're like nomads. And these guys are cool. Uh-huh. First of all, it, it, the scene starts with these two men that are walking through this field with giant moose antlers attached to them. Yeah. Uh cool. Then you see these harfoots like popping up out of out of trees and trunks and out of the ground and they like blend in. And there's this one really cool-looking guy with this crazy white beard who is like obsessed with astronomy. Astrology? No, astronomy. And he's awesome. He's already yeah. probably kind of my favorite know, character so cool. of the show. And he he says things like, the skies look evil up there. Yeah. 
And it's, he's it's, cool. So I obviously a, a form of hobbits. Yeah. And it's cool to see like, oh, they're hiding in a forest. Their, their houses look like, I mean, they're shacks. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You are like this out. constructed where they can be uh, packed up and moved on at a moment's notice. Uh-huh. But it's also like, oh, it makes sense that they would live in holes. Yeah, like, I, I like didn't thousands catch that. of years yeah. later, it's like it's like within them. Yeah, because it's like almost like it's it harkens back to their ancestors who had to hide. Yeah, in obscurity. I, I so also cool. like the the kind of irony of like the hobbits like to just stay in one place and be lazy, but like their ancestors had to like move around a bunch. But that's what they want because we yeah. we meet Nori. Yeah. Who is gonna be our hobbit? Who is like wants adventure? Yeah, but is told time and time again, we do not. She's not a hobbit. I think I yeah. said hobbit. Harfit. Yeah. She like they do not seek adventure. Adventure is not yeah. them. I think that her mom is saying like, elves do the elves tend to the forest. Dwarves tend to the mines. Um, and then Harfoots like just dwell in between and stay invisible. Yeah, and we don't seek adventure. So cool. Yeah. So cool. And the the sets are kind of a little mind blowing. They are. I, I, it was kind of crazy. Um, uh, and then and then we go back to um, it's not Rivendell, but it reminds me of Rivendell, so I'm yeah. just gonna call it Rivendell right now. Where the elves are rewarded for proving that there's no Sauron, and you, there's this political overtone to it that's interesting. Well, her and um, Galadriel and Elrond like have a a conversation before that. Yeah, where she's like, "You need to get me in." With the dude, I don't remember his name. Like the head King guy. Elf. He's our uh, pre Elrond guy. Yeah, it's like the role he's pre Elrond Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, you have to get me an audience with him so that yeah. I convince him that I have to continue this quest. And Elrond tells her that he will, but then we're at the ceremony where uh. they are all like basically being knighted, and you very quickly learn like, oh no, they are they have finished their task and they're going to go on to the west. Uh, the Grey Havens. Yes, to the west. Yeah, because yeah, they came yeah. to the east. Um, and they're they're basically they're they get to reach enlightenment. Yeah, and she's just very conflicted because she doesn't believe that Sauron is yeah vanquished. Yeah, and so it's interesting that she had the opportunity to do it and didn't do it, which we know by Return of the King she finally does it. Yeah, uh, because she finishes. What she was yeah. meant to do, which cool. is cool. But it just makes me think like, oh man, it's it just kind of reminds me of Arwen, how she also rejected it for different yes. reasons. But yes. it's just it's just interesting. Yeah. It's a rich world. Yeah. Um but then we're introduced to this elf and the blue shirt girl and the sun. Bro Braun Brawin Bronwyn. Uh and sure. um <laughs> that's her name. Well, I Bronwyn. Bronwyn, okay. Aaron Deer is the elf. Aaron Deer. Theo is the son. How can we forget that? Yeah, Theo. I'll call him Theo's mom probably until I until we've watched a few more episodes and I got it memorized. Yeah. So the the elf walks. I love this thing, by the way. Which part? This dynamic that the elves are like they're like police officer. They're like policing yeah. men because this is what we found out in the um, explanation. Yeah. in this episode was men serve Sauron. Yeah. Or Morgul or, or Sauron. Morgul, whatever. Okay. They, they like served the evil. Yeah. So even though that happened centuries ago, like elves are, if anything are like not convinced that it's out of men's blood. 
Yeah. To like serve evil and do evil. Like they, it's almost like within all men are evil, more evil than good. Yeah. And they have to be policed yeah. and checked on. I love that. So they don't like the elf. Yeah. But it, it was interesting when he came in, it was very uh, Aragorn-esque, like uh-huh. his intro. Uh-huh. And, and before his hood pulled back, I was like, please. Don't, it wouldn't make sense that Aragorn's around. Please. He's, he please. Would, he's not that old. And then he pulls his head back. Well, I just, because I didn't know the stipulations the Tolkien estate had, and I'm like, are they going to just do some dumb thing and include oh, Aragorn? Okay. You know? Okay. Because it's a prequel. Because he's prequels, only like 80 in Two Towers. I, I know it wouldn't make sense. Okay, I was just hoping okay. they wouldn't do something okay. that stupid, yeah. and they didn't. Um, And so the the elf is like... He's got the hots for um, Bra- Bronwyn. Bronwyn. Yeah, but the the elves have now been ordered out because Sauron is uh, vanquished. So there's nothing to worry yeah, about. Yeah, because of Galadriel's party pr- proving yeah. it enough, they don't have to be there anymore. Yeah, and then um, Galadriel heads to the Grey Havens, and then she decides not to go in, and she jumps off the boat and has that remembering of what her brother, brother said. said and she starts swimming that back. whole scene was so cool it was really good yeah it's really good and then episode one over yeah are you still listening folks are you enjoying lord of the rings we got a whole other episode to talk about but before we do let me talk about something else i released ghost in my house last friday it's the first single off of my album please go listen to it please and please share it with all of your friends and then also uh next month on patreon whoever signs up next gets to choose what movie we cover it can be any movie doesn't even have to be a series and we'll cover it so sign up for patreon you get to do and you get to be the one who chooses back to episode two a crater has come down from the sky mm-hmm and there's a crazy, almost naked-looking man, not quite. Um, and Nori goes to a, goes to check out this crater. Another crazy set. I know. I love how she slips through the crater, and I'm like, wouldn't she just be burning alive? And she goes, it's cool to the touch. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. She touches the old man, and he like gasps awake, and all of the fire goes out. And then it like explodes. And then he, he, yeah, then he passes out again. And it, yeah, that was cool. Very cool. And she convinces her friend to help her take him somewhere safe. Yeah. Um, and, and hiding. And they yeah. have a, a big long conversation of just arguing with her friend. Like, you, you're always looking for these things. Yeah. And it, it's like, it's not, it's not something that we do as like our people doesn't do, don't do this. It's selfish. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so just to keep following their thing, maybe maybe we can sum up their stuff is this this character they're trying to communicate with, he does seem very Gandalfy. Mm-hmm. He even talks to fireflies. Like okay. in a way that reminds me of when he's talking to the moth on top of the tower in uh-huh. Fellowship. So I do think it's possible he's or the that other version of Gandalf. Okay. Which would also maybe explain not that there needs to be an explanation, but maybe why he has such fondness for hobbits. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, there's something going on there. But when he's I'm like intrigued. awake originally at the first, he's like writing stuff on a rock. Yeah. That, that Nori doesn't know what he's trying to write. 
She's trying to talk to him. She is. She convinces him, like, I'm your friend. I'm not here to harm you. Uh-huh. But they can't, they don't speak the same language. Yeah. And then he starts, like, freaking out. He's, like, writing something in the dirt with a stick. She just cannot understand what he's writing. Yeah. While at the same time, all of the Harfoots are, like, setting up for, I think, a festival. Because, as we know, Harfoots and Hobbits like to party. Yeah. Um, what was the, what was the, like, pie thing that happened where someone was, like, bake, baking food? Oh, this woman was just baking pies, and she puts one down, and like with in the same breath, this person just walks by and takes it. They didn't even like steal it; they just took it. Such a and the woman turns back around. Such a Hobbit thing. So so I love that. Um, and her so Nori's dad is helping set up for like setting up a tent, and then it's some somehow based on this weird old man's like frustration with what's happening, even though we don't get it. Something he says affects what's happening to the people, and her dad like breaks his ankle. Oh, I didn't because he said he said something, and that's when everything like went bad. I did not. I almost feel make like that connection. His distress caused it. It's not he maliciously did anything. It's his. Okay, and that makes sense. Why I thought that. they were just adding tension to no, both I, scenes I happening. He caused it because. Nori's gonna have to make a decision what is best for her family. Like, like she's yeah. somehow making decisions by helping this person that she has no idea who it is, if they're good or bad, how that can affect people that she loves most. I think that's kind of kind of be Okay. Thing. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Um and is that everything that happens with well, then the, he talks, the Harfoots? Talks to the fireflies. And he he talks to them and they go up into the sky and create a constellation. And she, that's when she realizes, okay, he needs to see this constellation somewhere. Like he need, wherever he needs to go oh, yeah. is where that constellation is. I have to help him get there. But then the fireflies start dying. Yeah. So it's like, who, this guy doesn't, he seems um, not good, not bad. But if something doesn't happen with him soon, what he needs to do, bad will happen. Yeah. That makes sense. I still, yeah, my money's on that he's like that that proto Gandalf. I, yeah, I feel like he, whatever he is, because I I think he's a wizard no matter yeah. what. Um, he he has a purpose. He was sent here through a meteor for a purpose, and it's almost like he is he is counterbalancing the evil that is still in existence in Middle Earth. Yeah. So he needs to fulfill his purpose to keep the keep the peace. Yeah. Pretty cool though. Yeah. Um now let's talk about something that that was like this is really Lord of the Ringsy because it's pure delight. Elrond is approached or he's been assigned to apprentice with Celebrimbor. And Celebrimbor says, Hey, I wanna make a huge refinery. And Elrond goes, Oh, I know just who to talk to. I'm friends with the El uh the dwarves. Let's go there. They walk over to the dwarves. Knock on the door, and they are met with a cold shoulder. And then Elrond says, "Okay, I challenge some." I evoke this thing. Yeah, forgot what it's called, and I'm kind of like, "Okay, I always like when you when people have to be evoked with mm-hmm. something." He's brought in. All the dwarves look really cool. They have um, they have like beard mask face masks <laughs> that are cool. Yeah. I love that Durin's beard is so long that it's braided and then put through like a belt loop. 
Oh, I didn't even see that. Cool. And then we we see these mine. We see a dwarf mine in a way we've never seen it before. Because yeah, they're not just all messed up. And no, stuff. because famously, Mines of Moria by Lord of the Rings time was like ransacked. Yeah, and is barren and like so sad. Yeah. But this is like there's things growing in here. They're mining. Everyone's happy and jolly and beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And I guess we maybe saw a little bit of that with like the the intro of one of the Hobbit movies, but maybe. it was also like kind of it was like way more CGI looking because of the yeah. frame rate stuff. Yeah. Anyway, don't have to get into that. Um but then they have to do this competition where Durin and Elrond both are given a hammer. And they put a huge stone in front of them, and they have to break it. And then they just keep doing that until one of, one of them gives up or, hmm. like, collapses or whatever. And so I'm like, awesome. What a cool tradition. Like, I love this kind of stuff. Feats of strength. Yeah, they're going back and forth. Elrond, like, breaks a hammer. And I'm thinking, oh, he lost. And then they just hand him another hammer. And you're like, oh, man, okay. And then eventually he is bushed. Yeah, he, he loses. He loses, which I was not expecting. Oh, he, I thought he would do something on purpose. Oh, yeah. But the whole thing is, is if he loses, he is banished from any dwarf mine forever, here, yeah. here and henceforth. If he wins, he wins, and he gets to stay. Yeah, and he gets to have an audience with Durin, I believe. Yeah, but he loses. Yeah. And um, Durin, who apparently is his best friend, who is super pissed at him, yeah. as, is escorting him out of the mine. And they're they're talking, and it's like, man, what could? Why could he be so mad at him? Yeah. And then Duran says, "I haven't seen you for twenty years." And Elrond's like, "Oh, has it only been twenty years?" Yeah. And he's like, "I got married. I've had children. Yeah. And I've lived a life, a whole lifetime. And where were you?" And it's like, "Oh my gosh, it's cute." He's mad at him because Elrond's a bad friend. Yeah. Because he's an elf and he's immortal, and time is nothing to him. Yeah, and he's he says that too, where he's like, "It might be nothing to you, but I've lived a whole lifetime." Like, it's he, so sweet. And you know, at the at the core, it, it reminds me that like Lord of the Rings is about friendship. It is like that is, I mean, it's also you know, there there's good and evil and all that stuff. But one of the main themes is friendship. You yes, know, Sam and Frodo. Yeah, and so it, this feels like they, they're tapping into that. Yeah, I love that. That's, it was that's so, my favorite. It thing. was so cute and heartwarming. Yeah, and then so he. Durin takes Elrond. Well, El- Elrond says, can I, like, apologize to yes. your family? Yes, that's what it is. And and what I also liked about this scene is, at least how the actor was playing it, it didn't feel like, oh, Elrond planned this whole thing. It seemed like he was like, no, I need to apologize now. Sincere. And, and it's not, like, some ploy to get everybody to forgive me. It's like, no, I, this is the honorable thing to do, and I am sorry. Yeah. So he goes and he he apologizes and meets, meets Duran's wife and she's like so excited to see him. Yeah, like I've heard so much about you. You're so cool. Yeah, and she's so cool. And she's oh the my first gosh. dwarf woman we've seen. Well, there were other dwarf women earlier in the show. Oh, in this okay. Episode. But yes, yes. Um, but we see in his Duran's home, there's the tree. That's the same tree as in the elf place. Yeah. Um, and it's and they're talking about it because Elrond gifted like the seeds the seedling for for this tree yeah and i think duran's wife is like everyone made fun of him for trying to grow a tree in in a mine because there wouldn't be enough light and all this stuff and i'm like oh my gosh friendship made the tree grow yeah and it's elrond said something like there's always light where there's love or something like that it's like is this gonna make me cry already yeah and 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 then he he kind of like makes it with the makes it 
<laughs> he makes it up. He makes it up to the dwarves, and it's like, okay, this is going to work out. He's yeah. going to be able to get this thing going. Yeah, because it's kind of like this is an opportunity of a lifetime for the dwarves. Yeah. For anybody. And and so. I'm, I'm always a fan of that dynamic where it's like Durin definitely, I think he's justified in being angry, but then the wife's like, oh, come on, why are you angry? And he's like, okay, well, you can you can talk to the kids, but you can't stay for dinner. And then it's like, well, you can sit at the dinner, but I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. And, you know, just being kind of grumpy when yeah. at that point it's like, well, now now it's a you you problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love that that dynamic. Um, meanwhile, uh, Galadriel is trying to make it through the sea. Yeah, she's stuck in the ocean. And there's a sea worm that attacks she them? She comes across people um, on like ba- barely staying afloat on wreckage from a ship and they help her up, but they don't trust her because yeah. their, their ship was recently demolished by a sea worm. Yeah. And then the rest of the people die. <laughs> yeah. But one guy and it's just glad you're on this guy. And the, I, I like the conversation they had where, you know, he's a man and she's kind of like, Puh, you're a man. You have bad blood. Yeah. Kind of thing. And then he's like, well, you're an elf and you're bad. Yeah. So there's just these relations have been torn apart for centuries between yeah. these races. And the man tells her, I think, where he's from. And he, like he's there there's like there was like evidence of orcs where he's from. Yeah. And she was like The Southlands. The Southlands. And she's like, We will get there, you will take me there and you will show me. Yeah, so now she has a lead too. Yeah. Yeah. And and he like saves her even yeah. though he's he's, you know, shown that he's selfish you know yeah but then he does because you know it's like what kind of man are you you just left everyone else to die and then he does save her when she's about to drown i hope that there is no love interest for the whole time for her but i hope I, so too i get it because yeah. it's a show and they kind of like you know yeah, love but, sex but, and rock and roll but think like lord of the rings doesn't it has aragorn and arwen, uh, arwen. Well, that, that's what i hope is the Bronwyn and yeah. Arendir, Arendir. I hope that they're like it. I, I mean, I, I know I it's five seasons, feeling, there will be more, but yeah. like, I kind of hope that. I feel like this one. season, it will probably just be them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hope. Um, But yeah, and then them, they had so they, at Goblin the end of time, the baby. first episode, come across the town where the woman is from, and it's uh, on fire. And then they investigate and see that every, no one's there, everyone's escaped. And uh-huh. then they find this hole in the ground and the elf goes in the hole is going to find out where it leads. And she goes back home to her other village and is trying to tell everyone, like, we need to flee now. I just was here and everyone fled. Uh, evil's coming. Mm-hmm. No one believes her. Um, and then also at the end of the first episode, the son, her son has the sword of Morgul or Sauron. He has one of their swords no. somehow. Well, I mean, it's because the centuries ago, men were involved in this. Yeah. So somehow he knows where the sword is. Yeah. And he takes it from this barn and he has it at home. And then this goblin, I think ambushes the home. Yeah. And the, they kill it. And she, yeah, she shows them the goblin's head and she's like, let's go. Yeah. And a cool cut to where, where she's like going down to cut its head off. And then it cuts to her throwing the goblin head on like the bar table. Yeah. The bar, the bar yeah the bar the tavern and just telling yeah. them to to get going um yeah and then the, it looks like they're like you pointed out the sun there might be some weird like possession weird stuff going on eventually yeah. well like because remember he's he's holding it's just the hilt of the sword it's yeah. broken and the sun is bleeding from other 
like from the goblin and his blood like feeds the sword. Yeah, and it like lights on fire. Yeah, and it's it's like I think that there will the, this kid will be consumed by evil without knowing it. Yeah, which would be cool. Yeah. But um Yeah. Is that everything? I think. I think so. Pretty good. I thought it was excellent. I mean, I'm I feel like, you know, if you know us at all, it's kind of hard for Jordan and I to plow through TV. And I feel like for me, this will be very easy to be like, oh, it's Friday. It's Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, I want to watch it. we're about to go on a trip. Well, besides that, okay. of course. Um, but it, it's, this is going to be an easy easy one to continue to watch. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I really enjoyed it. Anything else you want to say? Nope. Well, I am, I, I'm, I'm thankful for you listeners. Um, please listen to my song. Uh, join patreon.com slash Micah McCaw get extra episodes and music and also next week now we will jump into back to the future and then it's three uninterrupted weeks of back to the future Woo! good episodes good series mm-hmm. see you then bye Thank you.